0: and thank you for joining me on this episode of channel today on the line with me a really good friend michelle and her husband ari how are you all doing we're doing good can you hear us okay i can't driving in the
1: car <laughs> yes, we're y'all driving. know y'all in trouble. Y'all ain't supposed to be driving in no car. You and I told the people too. I was like, y'all, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta be on the podcast at seven o'clock. So please forgive us. Now that's fair. How y'all doing today? We are awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for having us on your podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So what I would like to do is just get some information, y'all background, that you know, as young or as well, I wanna start, and then we we'll right into to that and move forward. So whichever one of you wanna start first, just make sure you got the phone up to Ari so um we can hear. Okay. And you said you wanna get some information on our background, right?
1: Like
0: yeah, I'm just background, Michelle, where you grew up at all right, where you grew up at, you know, a little bit of history so the listeners can get to know you guys, and then we can then go into the more about you all, what brought you guys together. And
2: Okay, well, who do you want to start with, me or Michelle?
0: It, whichever one, usually, ladies.
1: All right, well, <laughs> I'm Michelle. <laughs> Lil' Michelle, everybody's oh. in the projects, Lil Michelle. Um, I grew up in <laughs> little projects, Gary Indiana. Um, so I'm a Gary girl, um, which I think are the best girls ever, ever. They really down.
0: are. They're very Here strong.
1: Is. We just you just mm-hmm. natural born hustlers, natural born hustlers. So um, yeah, um, I've been the CDL driver for 11 years, and um, recently we started a truck in school. For the past uh, seven years, we've done, um, we do a lot of community work, Um, we do a lot of work inside of the prison with men and women coming home from prison, getting them back together and getting their lives in order. And y'all know my son just came home from prison. He did a seven and a half year bid. So I'm really excited about that. My dad, my biological father also um, recently returned home from prison. Um, my dad's been in prison since he was about 15, going off and on, so mm. it's a really good thing for us that um, both of my uh, my dad and my son is home. So that's kind of like my little background. Like I've always been like this, you know, just a hood girl, you know, but then recently, the last six or seven years, God has really developed me into a woman. So, um, you know, I'm trying to possess that part of me and be the best woman I could be and be the best wife, the best mom and business owner and and a friend. I'm trying to make sure I be a good friend. That's really important, too, that I'm showing myself friendly so that I can other people can show themselves friendly toward me. But um, I met Eric um, whew, about maybe 12 years ago. I met Eric okay. 12, 13 years ago we met. And it's going to sound funny, but we met on a dating website.
0: Oh, i always be so scared. (laughs) (laughs) We met
1: on a dating website, and um, he just sent the email like, hey, that's all he said at first. And during the time he sent it, I just responded back like, hey, you know, and then I think he was kind of like (laughs) thinking like... I don't think she's good for me because she's got, she wears too much makeup. She's like, she very upkept or whatever. And he was different for me because he was country, very laid back and stuff. And that just wasn't my style because I always was into dope boys. So it was a little bit different, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I keep dating the same type of men, getting the same type of um, energy results. and the same results. So I'm going to try a country man and just see if it works out. And lo and behold, here we are. So I'm going to let Ari introduce himself. I'm going to let
0: Ari tell y'all who he, where he come from. But wait, 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 wait because wait. I got to go back to Michelle, because I know her, right? Okay. And so I want to talk about this candy store that they used to have, right? But <laughs> they were supposed to be been making a profit. And they weren't making no profit from the candy store because the girl' heart's so big. You know, you could be like, girl, I ain't got no money. Can, can I get that fruity right there? You know, a chew, one of the little chews. Uh, can, can I get some, can I get a pickle? And they'd be like, yeah.
1: <laughs> girl, my mama used to get so mad every time she got her food stamps because she would have to replace all the candy. <laughs> because we would just give it away she didn't make nothing like she would be like why y'all this don't make no sense how we gonna pay the light bill how we gonna do this we didn't know that money was for the light bill we just wanted to give our friends
0: so when she talk about hustling, y'all, listen here. Now, it's two different types of hustlers. And she a little bit of both of them, right? Because she'll give it to you if she can. You know, and then you got to pay when you got to pay. So that's one thing I got to say that I love about her. When I see her now, it's always funny. And I think I told her when I see her now, I still see the little girl with this big old smile. It's like she ain't, she ain't grew up to me. It's always little Michelle, <laughs> We is a little bit older than her, but you know that's my heart, and I love her. And it's uh, we always say every podcast that I've done with people that grew up with us, we can always pick up the phone and reach out to somebody that grew up in them projects with us, and it's like we've never ever left. And so like we that's left. just that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Ari, I'm ready for you.
2: Hi, I'm I'm Ari. That wall a little. I'm from uh, Athens, Georgia, a little small town. I grew up in the country. We had chickens, horses, <laughs> cows. <laughs> I've been around all that stuff. And, um, I, like Michelle said, I met her on the dating site. I've been driving trucks, what, 30, 34, 35 years now? I started driving trucks at 15, and I've really? been driving them ever since. And, uh, i just somebody work hard and I don't do much. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like she said, when uh, when when our son went to prison, I told her, we, hey, we got to do something. When he get out, we got to find a way to make a way for him to take care of himself or we going to be raising him when he get out. And then he mm-hmm. had a baby on the way too. So she put our stuff together and that's how we came up with the school. And we tested it on a few guys coming home, and it worked. And we've been doing it ever since.
0: <laughs> so, do you all have an age gap in your really in your marriage?
2: Uh, yeah, she's what eight years difference.
1: Yeah, I think I'm eight or nine years younger than him.
2: You ain't got to okay.
0: me. Okay. That... <laughs> he hates so, that
1: sometimes.
0: Nine years what older. the gap? The age gap?
1: Well, I think no, sometimes it's just embarrassing because sometimes people will be like thinking he my dad.
2: That don't embarrass <laughs> me. He said
0: that don't embarrass he me. You
2: think I got it going on like that, do
0: you? <laughs> Right. <laughs> so look, you talked about or you talked about uh growing up with the chickens and the cows. So now you know that I'm gonna slide in there. What you think about this meat that's coming out now? Cause this stuff ain't real. So what? What you feel about yeah, that? It
2: ain't real. It ain't real. It's been processed and cloned. S- cloned and so much stuff that they done put into it. Then you wonder why so many people are having cancer. And these girls today growing up looking looking like they're 20 when they 11, 10 and 11. Yeah. From them, uh, came from all this and then we products that they're running through it.
1: We're not living long.
2: How long your grandma lives? Oh, well, yeah. The life, lifespan is shorter than them. I got a grandmother. They just died about two years ago. She was 108. I had another grandmother that was like really? 112. My other grandmother, her mother was 102 when she died. So Wow. Yeah, most of the people, most of the women in our family reached 100 years old back they uh, It's starting to slack up down, but yeah, they was reaching 100 years old.
0: Wow. Wow. So I want to kind of touch on relationships a little bit with the two of you. What what I know you said that the dating app or you know the dating website or whatever brought you guys together, but you know, a lot of people focus on the good that happened in relationships. Would y'all be willing to share some ups and downs and how y'all overcame it for the people? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think um Wow, financials. Finances. Finances was a big Mm -hmm. one for us because um I come from a place where like I wasn't used to having a lot of money. You know, we grew up in the same place. So I wouldn't say we were poor, but we just didn't have access to a whole lot of stuff.
0: We was poor. We we was poor but we was rich and we was happy.
1: Yeah, we were happy with it. Yeah, you know? And Eric comes from already comes from a place where um he always had whatever he wanted. His family comes from money. Like, you know, so his dad served in the military. Like, they've always had money. So for for us to come together, it was a little challenging because every time we got money, when we first got together, like, I want to look good. I want to spend my money. I want to go shopping. And he's that person. I want to buy something. I want to do this. And I didn't see that then. And I used to come with, like, man, we're going to die anyway. Let's spend this money. You know, that's what I used to say. You know, and then it didn't really make sense to me until we hit rock bottom. When we hit rock bottom and we lost everything and we were homeless, that's when I started listening to him like, man, I shouldn't have made that mistake or I shouldn't have done this. That Rolex is not gonna buy me a house right now. You know, that, you know, stuff like that, that meat coat, I can't sleep in that right now. So it's just a lot of things started to um transpire where I started to listen to him and then because I listened to him and got kind of like where then now I became like not really the, the breadwinner but I'm kind of like I run a little bit of the finances now we both still work you know we both run the school but I'm the one that has to pay all the bills I gotta budget all of this I gotta do all of this and so now I'm more conscious because of what he taught me about money I'm more conscious of it right. so for me it's um one of our downs was finances and then like I spent money like like it was like changing underwear. Like it wasn't ten thousand dollars Rolex and I didn't care what nobody said. I was just like was gonna do it. He would be mad at me, but he never told me no. And so what ended up happening one day, he just I finally asked him when we finally lost everything. I said, Why didn't you never stop me? He said, Because I wanted you to I wanted you to see for yourself. So I had to let you run through all this money. So you can finally come to me and be like, we need this. And I could actually tell you for real, like, we don't have it. And it actually taught me a lesson, Mm -hmm. like, whoa. So finances was one of mine. What's one of yours that you learned from with me?
2: Uh, That I really had to grow up. Well, I came from a family. My background was, I guess it was brutal honesty. I had to learn to cut down on that. She couldn't, you couldn't take that when we first got together. Yeah my family would Mm -hmm. tell you how they feel and they didn't care how you felt about it that's just just the way it is and she taught me that you can't do that because they would tell you something they didn't care if it hurt your feelings (laughs) yeah it was just the truth
1: and so to go deeper on that what he's trying to say is like he would say things like like um i think like one day uh i was saying um I look good in these pants. Like it could just for an example, I could be like, I look good in these pants or something. And then he's no, I'll tell you a good example. He his wife before he married me, right? She was a little smaller than me. And so I made wow. a comment one day and I said something smart to him. And I was like, um, I look, uh, I said, I said, don't nobody care about you and your fat ex-wife or something. And then he said, actually, you're a lot bigger than her. And I was like,
0: what?
1: <laughs> like who said something like
0: that? The that ass ass got that ass all the way together. Huh? Man, got me
1: all the way together quickly. Like I was like, what? And he didn't know that it hurt my feelings. Cause he was like, why does it hurt your feelings? You are, I'm telling you the truth. You're actually you're heavier than her. Yeah. I was like, but that's not what that's not how you talk to me. You don't say stuff like that. And so it took him a while to understand. It took years. And now it's like when he has something to say, he'll just be like, he'll think about it and be like, well, can I talk to you? Can I tell you this? Or can we do it like this? He says it in more of a polite way now.
0: What do you all feel relationships are missing, right? Because you got people here um, from two different parts of the world, two different backgrounds, and you guys came together, been through some tough stuff, right? to hear you say I lost it all but sometimes God had to break us to snatch everything from us because experience is the best teacher your mama your daddy sister brother friend nobody can teach you this right but the experience can make a person so
1: what can you hear me Are you still
0: there? Can y'all hear me?
1: Yeah, yes, can you hear? I can hear you. Yes. So for us, um, communication. Okay. Communication, I think, is the key for us. Because um, recently I said to him. Learn how to communicate. Yeah, learn how to communicate with each other. Um, one of the things that Ari used to do when we're having, I would say, heated discussion he can't sit down and have the discussion. He got to walk and he'll pace the floor. And for me, that's that's like a, you're not listening to me. If you walk walking the floor, you're not listening. So you're you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. And so mm-hmm. it was trying to get him to sit down and just hear me out. Like, don't pace the floor. Don't play with your phone. Don't look at the TV. Just sit and listen to me so you I can get it out. And so that's one of the things that we do now, like, I have to, we'll close the room door and be like, stop moving. Just stop. Okay, you say what you got to say. I say what I got to say. And then, and then the other thing is, let the other person talk. That's another thing we do. is we'll be like, no, you, talk, you go first. Tell me what it is that's wrong with you. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. And even when that doesn't work, we go to texting each other. We'll just text and be like, okay, this is how I feel when you say this. And then he'll text back. And sometimes we just sit in the bed and be like, these are the five things I love about you. These are the five things I hate about you. And so we try to address those things. And we do that like once a month. But for us, it's communication. Like, I mean, he came to me um, a couple months ago. It's a, we were talking and I said, my biggest problem with you is that you're not romantic. You know, you you do take care of me. He's a, he's a, a wonderful provider. I don't have to ask for anything twice, no matter what it is. He provides for my family, my children, um, everything. But he was lacking that like romantic part, you know, to just come in the house and just tap me on the butt sometime, you know what I'm saying? Or come and kiss Mm -hmm, me on the neck. mm -hmm. That just wasn't him, but but he would buy me whatever I wanted. And so I started telling him, you know, I do want that romance, I need romance. I don't need just the, you know, clothing or shoes and stuff all the time. And so now he, even today, he got up early this morning. He said he was going to check on the dogs. And so since we've been talking about being romantic, he got up early this morning, went and brought me the Starbucks cup that he saw me pick up the other day, but they were closed so I couldn't buy it. So he went back (laughs) to the store, picked up the Starbucks cup, then went, and I've been talking to him about, I said, I really want to go like I was doing in South Africa and I need like a two hour body scrub and massage. Like I really want to go and have that here and I don't know where to go. So he went and found the place. He paid for the spa, paid for the cup and got me like a $100 gift card to Starbucks. Cause I I drink Starbucks like every morning. So it was just little (laughs) things like that, that I know now he's paying attention, you know, that I don't have to say it. So I'm very happy for him that he was able to communicate that and say, I don't know how, you want me to be romantic because to him romantic was what he saw his father do just pay the bills as long as my right. mom as long as mama had a new car she didn't have to worry about the bills none of that to him that was romance but to me i was still lacking that hey baby you look good today i like your yeah. hair like that so now he's being more cautious of it
0: amen amen it's the little things come on Ari, what yeah. you got
2: she's she's right i never i thought paying a bill hey like she said, that is romance. You ain't got to worry about your life, refrigerator. Oh, we got food. That's romantic, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell, that's my mm-hmm. country. You ain't have to worry about nothing. Do you and feel, feel like a
0: lot about- of uh? Do you feel like a lot of men miss out um on relationships because that piece is not there, or like how
2: do you feel about male mentors well, in a life? Part. Well, I grew up in a home where it was just me, my father, my brother. My mother wasn't there anyway. There was no woman in the house. Okay. And my grandmother was did what she could, but she didn't live with us. So I grew up around men. So that's probably what, one of the reasons why I feel that way. And Some of the stuff she prescribed, I mean, described to me as being romantic, I thought it was, hey, he's a little gay or something. That sounds shaky to me. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah so how important is respect in a relationship to you all
2: that's all of it that is the relationship that
1: is the relationship Mm -hmm. for both of us i don't have
2: respect and trust i don't have anything
1: yep Mm -hmm. and respect is like seriously just like for instance he doesn't like being yelled at because his mother when he was around his mother that's all she did was yell So respect for me is if I know that that's a trigger for him to respect him where I don't yell. So I know that if I yell, he's not going to hear me. He's going to automatically shut down. So sometimes I have to be as quiet and um, cunning and be like, okay, can we talk? And sometimes we we may have to talk after having relations because that's a little Mm -hmm. bit better where I can sit down and talk to him because he's calm and, you know, he's tired now. He can't really argue because he don't have no strength. So it, so I've learned to respect him in that way and I think for you what what would you say you learned to respect about me
2: uh i just wait wait to see what mood you in i guess and i try to respond to it
1: i'm not sure so i guess I guess what you're trying to say is like for him like i guess what he said because he he did say that like sometimes he don't know what mood I'm in so he don't know yeah. how to approach me so he'll try to watch and see like okay is she having a good day today is she a little upset because if i say something i'm gonna make her more upset so i guess that's his way is respecting that's how he's teaching himself to respect me is just by watching and learning me before he just comes in and just throws stuff on my lap
0: so ari my question to you would be for a tip how can a woman become more approachable? Because like in some of the other podcasts, my brothers talk about, um, not calling you strong, Michelle, but some my brothers talk about women who are strong, you know, always feel like they gotta be in demand, in control, in charge, and need to be more approachable, kinda letting their hair down, laid back, not with so much attitude. So like if you had to tell a daughter like, hey, this is what would work you know, in certain situations, what would you say?
2: Oh, Lord, that is not Michelle we talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Because Michelle, even though, you know, she's strong and very independent, she also wants to, wants to depend on you a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes she acts like something she can't do, It ain't that she can't, she just don't want to.
0: No, I wasn't talking about Michelle though. I was just saying like for uh, a woman man, You gotta Yeah, of women to, to
2: say, be approachable. Some you got a lot of women now with these new the new age women got that attitude that, uh, I don't need no man to do this and I don't need no man to do that for me, but when we go out, he's gonna take up the tab. And guys are looking like, wait a minute, these are new age women, these are new age men too. So they right. gotta change their attitude before a man gonna do all of that, what you really want. You want everything you say you don't want. All the women say that they don't want this and they don't want that. I'm in to open the door for them and hold Ain't no woman that, I ain't met a woman yet that don't mind taking that. Love taking the trash out. I
0: hate it. You showed me one. Right.
2: <laughs> well, well, that's something a man could care less about.
0: I don't think about no trash. So I want to touch on um, religion, Michelle. You tell a wonderful story, and I'm hoping that you share that story um, about how you kind of had the epiphany while riding in a truck. Like we gotta, we gotta figure it out. Like what's next, you know? And your speaking engagements and things like that will you share some some parts of that with us yeah
1: yeah so you know i i've always been like a little church girl like i knew god as a little girl but i i didn't really know him know him or have a personal relationship and then as i got older you know i i started to realize who he was in my life but it was um when my son got arrested um, for armed robbery, I was preaching in the Texas uh, the Texas prison. And as I was preaching, um, when I got back to my phone, I remember getting all these phone calls from this Miss No. And I was preaching on Joseph, how Joseph was thrown in the pit mm. and he survived. And then when I got the phone call and the voice on the phone said she, it was so small, like your son's been arrested for armed robbery. I know you don't know me. And it was like my mm. heart sunk. And then I could hear God clearly saying, you were talking about your Joseph. So you were getting ready. You're getting ready to experience with him. And it was very scary. But I remember when I got back in the car and um, I just began to to tell God, you know, to guide me through it. But even before then, um, the Lord had transitioned me to come out of preaching because I I, basically i became become like this young woman preacher. And when I say we was traveling everywhere to preach the gospel and on this stage and on this stage and prophesying and God was moving mightily. We opened up a church in our home and God was doing some miraculous things in our in very own home. And um, one of the times I remember, I, uh, the Lord said to me, it's time for you now to, to cater to your first ministry. And I didn't admit because for- The lifetime of me, I always thought my first ministry was church, you know, and cater to the Mm. church people and those around me. So I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I was hurting my family by always putting the church first. I didn't know that. So when God revealed that to me, I quit everything cold turkey and I jumped in the truck with him. And I was like, I'm going to be the woman that God has called me to be. And I know the first step is to I have to be a wife. I'm married. I have to be a wife and I have to be a good wife. And so I remember one day he was walking to the truck stop and we had just gotten the truck together and he had his head down, you know, and he just walked in and he looked like he was a little sad, but I didn't know what was wrong. And when he got back to the truck, I held his chin up and I was like, hold your head up. Do you know who you dating? You know who Mm. you with? Do you know who I am? Like I'm a woman of God. Like you don't hold your head down ever since that day. That boy walk with so much right. confidence right now. I know he that's
0: not- right. <laughs> I know that's right. That's but, right.
1: Yes. It's like now it's, it's like the Lord has really shown me, um, even through the business, who he is. Like, and, and I trust that. I believe that. I honor that. Um, And I tell people all the time, I don't do anything. My husband will tell you, if God tells me to do it, ain't nobody even, you can't tell, you can't turn me away from it. Once Mm -hmm. I hear God say, go, I'm going and I'm going to go more until God says it's over. So even my husband, though, he didn't went all the way to Texas with me. We didn't know nobody. And the Lord told us to move to Texas. And I said, well, we got to go. I don't Mm -hmm. know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. But this is what God told us to do. So we all going to get in this truck and we're going to go to Texas. Like we didn't know where we were going to go. God led us there to start the ministry. Like everything we have done has been because like I'll pray or he'll pray. And when God tells me to do something, I'll go. And He's the, always the one that says one thing. He loves about me is my faith. He was like, "Man, you believe God for the craziest things. Like you don't have no problem." Got
0: yeah, that crazy faith. I that love crazy
1: it. faith.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I listen. I believe God, and let me tell you, when I started to believe Him, I know this gonna sound crazy, but I'm gonna say this on the show. I. I remember I did something stupid. I had unprotected sex and I had, and I got pregnant. And I remember going to the doctor and I said thank oh God, I knew what it was because I felt that feeling before when I had my first son. And I said, oh man, my mama gonna kick me out this time because now it's another, oh no, it's, it, this is mm. over. And um, so I remember going home and I prayed and I prayed in the corner in my closet and I just cried and I said, God, I can't tell my mom this this is not gonna work and I asked God I said I'm not asking for an abortion I'm just asking you to take the baby back please because there's no way I can do this and I know this is gonna sound crazy I promise you but I promise you I went back to the doctor and I did a blood and a urine test and the test came back negative when the first blood test it came back positive because they thought I had a very serious urinary tract infection and a bacterial infection so they drew my blood and they was like, well, you're pregnant. Then the second Amen. time, a week later, I went back. I wasn't pregnant. That's when I believed that God can do miracles. And he that's came. When I was like, wow. Yep. And that's where my faith came from. And that's all God had to show me. When he showed me that, now you can't tell me what God can't do.
0: Because if you but come that's... to me with a problem, I'm going to be like, let's pray, girl. I know God can do this. <laughs> yep. And and but you know a lot of people have to for real have those moments themselves they gotta they gotta encounter god for themselves because those miracles that god perform he'll do it for anybody you know you 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 and you it can be done people just have to do the first part and that's believe right and as long as you believe god is who he say he is the rest is history right god will make a rock talk god will make a rock give you water right and so why people be out here bsing and in a man and doing weird stuff all they got to do is trust and believe in the most high because all things are possible you know if you just yes. believe that's it that's where it started and a lot of people like to say well i got the faith of the mustard seed well why do you have that faith? faith of a mustard seed right and i had to really go digging deep of, uh, you know because they be like it's so small but it's one of the largest trees out there you know what i'm saying so that's that gigantic that stupid faith right (laughs) when it comes down to it and it's not stupid that's a bad word choice right because god can do anything god can do anything and people just have to really believe that okay so that was my spiritual moment are you got something to say (laughs) (laughs) look he always shaking his head like "Uh -uh, uh uh-uh (laughs) uh-uh uh I, look because i could go on and on and on about that you know like i remember i i'll talk about Xander, right um i had a son that passed away and i i just went through a thing and so every year 2017 i was laying in the bed and god showed he he you know how you go to the plays and they pull the curtains open yeah and and i was laying in that bed and every year year after year after year after year i would go through this moping season Period. Come December, Christmas time, I'm just depressed. And I was laying in that bed 2017 and he pulled that curtain in front of my face and showed me a room full of purses. And I was just like, what I'm supposed to do with them purses? You know, because you had conversations with God. Once you get to know God, you get to talk to God and God will talk back to you. You just got to be still enough and open enough to be able to receive that. Your heart got to be open to receive what thus said the Lord, right? So he said, you're going to fill them. I said, please, you crazy. I don't know how I'm supposed to fill them purses. That's my flesh talking, right? And so he said, Talisha, you are going to fill those purses, and you are going to give them out to those who need them. Yay! And I sat there and I just kind of was like, yeah, okay, right. So later on, I got on Facebook and I started typing and I said, y'all know what, this might sound crazy, but I'm taking purse donations, gently used purses, toiletries, and this is what I'm looking for. I want to do it in time for Valentine's Day so that I can give these purses out. And so that the first time I think we collected maybe 120 purses wow. for, for that ministry. And I was able to take them to like three or four different charities who received them. Um, it's this company here called Project Beauty Share um, that donates makeups and different things like that. McDonald's actually give gift cards. Um, the community come together. So since 2017, we didn't out over 2000 purses. Wow. And so this is something that I do in honor of that, right? But when it come down to Xander, and that's you know the to tie it together, I told God if I ever had another baby, that I would go bungee jumping, and I would do backflips. I would kill the baby some type of way. I kept I couldn't breathe, and when I would take a deep breath, my stomach would hurt, right? And so. I kept going back and forth to the doctor for months. I had an MRI, I had a CAT scan, I had x-rays, and Xander would not show up. Once I was going into that second trimester, the man wanted to put me on steroids. And I said, I'm not going to take no steroids, and I don't know why I'm taking steroids. And he was just like, okay. I said, well, let's do a pregnancy test because we've done everything but check me for real for that. And he laughed at me. Talisha, you was not pregnant. You just had all these images done. You're not pregnant. When he came back in that room, he was beet red, and he had about three pregnancy tests with him. And he said, Talisha, you was pregnant. And so, to me, that was God saying, here go your boy back. You ready now. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't ready for a son back then because I was for the streets.
2: You know what I'm saying? If
0: I had a son back then, my son wouldn't have made it i was for the streets and so here i am So when we talk about different miracles and different things that come forth, all people have to do is believe whether you sick, you know, whether you lost your job, whether you lost your home, no matter, no matter what, you know, I hear you when you say I was homeless. We didn't have nothing. God had to show you what was important and it's not stuff. We can't take stuff with us. We have to learn how to love on each other, how to appreciate one another. And You were not appreciating your stuff. So then why would I keep giving to you if you're not appreciating what I have, I have to make you a good steward so that you can rule over many things which is my segue into three rivers trucking give us a little background about that
1: wow i love the segue into it because that's really what god did is he taught me how to manage money because he knew at some point he would put millions of dollars in my hand and so if i couldn't handle a thousand dollars ain't no way he was going to give me ten million dollars you know mm-hmm. so he literally had to teach me that, but um, and Three Rivers is really just birthed out of my son's agony. Like we saw what he went through when we were visiting him, and I'll go back to when he first got transferred into Macon State. Macon State here in Georgia is probably one of the top three worst prisons in the state of Georgia. And mm. die almost every three days. Someone is stabbed or burnt on fire mm. a lot. Like mm. it's all. It was always something going on. And so when he got moved, he got moved because he got smart with the an officer. And when he got smart with the officer, basically, she was upset because she felt like he disrespected her. Next thing you know, they done shipped him off into making State.
2: And so when I
1: got the phone call that he was in that prison, I said, oh, my God. For me, it was like I said, God, I know you got him. But at the same time, it's like I'm from the project. They wasn't raised in the project. He don't know that lifestyle. Right. Right. So I don't know if he can survive in a place like this. But when I tell you that, um, number one, God, man, God kept him. God kept him. So mm-hmm. when I went to go visit him for the um, in that in that prison, he came out, came to see me and everything. And he did say, he was like, Mama, I'm so sorry I disappointed you. And I said, I'm not disappointed. I said, this is nothing. Time is nothing. I said, understand one thing. I don't care how long I gotta wait, I'm gonna wait on you. So I said, if you gotta protect yourself mm-hmm. and get more time, then that's that's what it is. You we do what you be gotta
0: here. do. You yeah. know?
1: So um I said, I'd rather know that you're alive and you're here than to have to bury you. So I'm okay. You know, so I left. I tried to, you know, excite him and get him, you know, get his mind on good things or whatever. And I remember leaving and Eric was with me and he opened the car door and my knees buckled. Like he had to catch me. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't breathe i was like oh god i said um man i said they killing people every day in him i said i don't know if i can take this like every day i'm praying every day god protect my baby god cover him i set my alarm every day to go off Mm -hmm. at 5 50 a.m for us to get up and pray and cover him while he was in prison every day for seven years Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. single day so it was then when we were driving we got back on the road and i said we got to do something and i said I got to make a promise. And he said, we're going to make a promise to God. I said, no, I got to make a promise to the devil. I got vengeance now in my heart. I said, I Mm got to make sure he know that he came to the wrong house. When he grabbed my son, he came to the wrong house. So now I'm going Mm -hmm. on his territory. I need a way to get inside the prison. And that became my, my, my burning fuel like I was like I need to get inside because I wanted every black male to know yeah. that we was going to give you a second chance and some of you a first chance like I wasn't stopping and that's what fuels me now my passion comes from that I get excited when yeah. people come to my school I get excited when people graduate it's almost like it does something to me physically and naturally like it, it changes
0: my DNA or something it should you touching another life you're restoring hope you're giving yes. people a future you're granting wishes right when people thought that they didn't have none no more where they thought it, it was closed for them so yes i totally understand that
1: yes that's exactly what it does and so what we've done now what we've done now is like we've taken the school to where we are um right now we we service people all over like we have people come from all over the country and come to our school they come for a couple of reasons one of them is because we've become sort of instagram famous so people want to come and see you know what's going on it's the first black woman we've become the first black family and black here we go say
0: it again yeah we become them again. the
1: first well, well, black family in okay. the of georgia huh. to cross over into this industry and actually the commissioner told someone I wasn't. I didn't uh. go to their grand opening, but he was doing a grand opening for another Black family that opened up a business, and they were saying that they were the first. And the commissioner got up and said, "I am so glad to know that this is the second Black uh, family that uh, uh, crossed over into this." He said, "Cause the uh, first one is owned by a woman." I said, "Amen,
0: <laughs> so, amen,
1: yes." And it just was a little idea. It came from a little idea that God told us to do. And we didn't know if we were going to make money from it, but that little idea became a million dollar business. Literally just from us being obedient to the Lord. We, I wrote down the business plan and people would call me Talisha and prophesy and say, I see you got multiple trucks. I didn't know how God was going to do that, but I Mm -hmm. never turned the prophecy down. One thing I'm going to tell the audience today is when people call and prophesy to you and it's from, it's from a wealthy place. Or it's from a place you're unfamiliar with, don't turn it down because you don't see it. Don't be, yeah, yeah okay, I believe it when I see it. That's you're holding up the prophecies of God. Yeah. So, what you need yeah. to do, even if you don't believe it, say, okay, I can't wait for God to do it. Say, I yeah. receive it. That's it. Even yeah. tell your mind, make your mind function enough to say That's you right. receive the prophecies of God. Because the moment you open up your mouth and you speak against the prophecy, you've already dead the promise. Yes. And now you sitting around here waiting for God to do something, but you did it 10 years ago when the person called you on the phone and told you that. That's so right. don't stop saying that from here on out, audience. Do not do that when someone calls you and tells you they see you in a rose words. Don't be like, "What? Oh my god, I can't afford nothing like that." No. Say, "I'll receive it. I'll receive it because it's going to happen." Yeah. yeah. But so yeah. we started building. We started taking people with one truck, and at one point we had 30 students on one truck, and everybody got their license. Mm. Like mm. we literally started with one truck and then we somehow my husband just said, you know what? I got some contacts. Let's call these people, see if they'll give us a truck. So we went from one truck to two trucks. Then we went from two trucks to four trucks. Mm. Then we went from four trucks to six trucks. Then we went from six mm. trucks to nine trucks. Hey, and I listen mean, to the
0: increase.
1: <laughs> and this was just like over and over and over the process to the point where before, you know, it, we had so many trucks, we didn't know what to do with them. Like, we just mm-hmm. had truck after truck after truck. And then God just began to bless. Well, we had trucks we can do pre-trip with. We had trucks we can do maneuvers with. We had trucks we can only do road with. We got trucks that can only test in. And oh. we had trucks over the road. So it was like God just began to just really take the vision to some place that I never knew it could be. But here's the reason why. is because we stay obedient. Even when my husband didn't understand, he would still do He'd tell me all the time. I'm going to do what God told you to do, even though I don't like it, but I'm going to honor the God in you. And multiple pastors will come to him and tell him the reason why God is blessing you and going to hold your life and keep you here is because you cover and protect her even when you don't understand what God has told you to do. Sometimes Mm -hmm. he don't understand. He'd be like, what? Why do we have to do that? That sounds stupid. What? And I'm like, I don't know why we got to do it. God just said we got to do it and then we'll do it. He allows me to do it. And once we do it, God will come back around and bless us. Like, for instance, in Florida, we went to Florida when the door First class was free. So I had to pay for my own flight. I had to pay for my food, everything, rental, everything. That was all on us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was like, God, okay, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to say why I me. Mean. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it faithfully. Yeah. So I'm up every morning at 5 a.m. Like I'm working for the state of Florida and they ain't even paying me. But I'm up here every morning at 5 a.m. Walking in the hot sun in Florida from one prison to the other. I'm literally doing And so I didn't complain. I loved it. I didn't have time to complain. And while I'm there, I get a call back home and they telling me they like, hey, as soon as you come back, we got to get this paperwork signed because we just got a new contract worth $10 million. Hmm. That's because Hmm. God was like, I just need you to be obedient. You may not understand what it is you're doing. It may sound like that is that people not going to understand. They're going to put their mouth on it. They're going to say you stupid. They're going to say, I don't understand. But Hmm. if you will just condition your heart and your body to be obedient to the Lord, ain't nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. So God took this project girl that I told you on the phone, my whole idea of having a family was being with a dope boy and having kids. I didn't want nothing else. So I didn't have no idea to be no business person. I didn't go to college. I didn't, I don't have any college credits. I didn't take any college courses. So people tell me all the time they interviewed me for channel five News in Florida. And the lady said, How is it that you're so well-spoken without college? I said, that's the Holy Spirit that you hear. That's not me. There you
0: go.
1: There you go. I said, because I've learned how how to strictly be obedient to God. I don't question him. When God says go, when he says jump, I'm asking My daddy will tell you. My kids will tell you. Everybody will tell you that if God tells me to do something, I will shut everything down. The whole house shut down so I do what God told me to do. Because I can't rest. Because I know what his obedience does. Because the word says obedience is better than sacrifice. That's how the school came about. He sacrificed everything to be obedient to God. And the times that we didn't, and my question, God, he got sick almost even unto death. Like, he, literally, the hospital called and was like, he might not make it. We're not sure mm-hmm. his lungs is filling up. We're gonna have to do surgery. And I told, I came in that room and I said, I don't. Quarantine him or not I'm gonna tell you one thing I said to our that's my blessing so I said if you want to stay in the hospital but if you want to come home I believe God can heal you so it's up to you what do you want to do he said I want to stay in the hospital so when he said that I went home I got my clothes and I stayed outside the hospital for three days and I prayed inside the hospital I stood up at the door the first night and I laid my hands on the door and I told the devil you got three days if you don't take him out in three days, I promise you this one soul you lost because he's not going back. So you got three days. And I said, and in three days, if you don't let him go, everybody in here coming up out of here healed. I don't care what it is. God's going to heal everybody. Watch and see Donnie. I'm going to touch every room in here if you don't let him go. I said, if you let him go, i walk away peacefully. I ain't even got to come up here no more. But if you touch him, I promise you we're going to war. That's what I said. And I walked that hospital for three days and prayed for that man on the third day. Them doctors called me and said, I don't know what type of prayer you're doing down there. I don't
0: know what you did.
1: (laughs) But um, we don't have to do surgery. He's getting ready to come home. I said, oh, I knew already. Thank you. They said, you can come get him. I said, I'm in the parking lot. I'll be upstairs. (laughs) I sure did. But, you know, and that's our
0: faith. So, give us the information to the school.
1: Yes. So, you can find us on the on the web at Three Rivers Trucking Schools with an S. So, it's the number three, rivers trucking schools with an S.com. You can contact us on the phone at 1 800 57022. Again, that's 1 800 315 7022. And we're all over social media at Three Rivers Trucking Schools. So everything you, if you type in Three Rivers Trucking School, you'll see us. But with that information I just released, I also want to tell the people this we just got access to a grant. I'm not going to say the amount of money, but we have to put 60 people through CDL school before January, completely paid for. It. But here is the stipend. The people that we're looking for have to be recently released from prison or they have to be homeless and they must be able to pass mm-hmm. a drug test. If you fall in any three of those categories where you can pass a drug test, you're homeless or you just came home from prison, you are able to go to school completely free and get your CDL license. Plus, they'll give you a gas card to get back and forth to school.
0: Hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. Do you all have any last things you want to say? Um, I'ma ask my hubby first.
2: No, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> He's so
1: happy.
2: Ooh, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> Don't forget Barnes and Noble. I gotta get my books. By the mall. Okay, so oh he said we gotta go. I'm sorry, Telisha, we making our last minute thoughts before we go home. We came all the way on another side of town. I am like, Oh Now you
0: fine. You know what you're talking about, Barnes and Noble, my friend Shishman. Uh, and I'm talking him up in you all stuff too, but Shishman started a security company, SMR Security Services in Texas, but he just released his first book, and it's called Defining Moments, and it's being sold at Barnes & Noble, and he's from Gary, and he just tell his story in his book and um, how he made it to where he is now, and so Kudos to both of y'all. I'll go ahead and do some takeaways, though, seeing that you guys are about to, to get out and do your thing and so we can get off of here. But I want to tell y'all that I thank y'all. I love y'all. Thank you for um, spending time with me and sharing with the listeners. really appreciate it. Um,
1: thank you so much for having us. Thank you again. It's been awesome. Thank
0: you. And then so for takeaways, I just want to say, um take care of your partner or your your spouse because that is your first marriage experience is will always and forever be the best teacher but you don't have to go through the experience if God is placing people in your life that's wise enough to give you the guidance that you need. Everybody don't have to take the hard road. Sometimes the roads can be easy. And when you get whipped by experience, it's always a tougher whooping because God had to make sure you get that lesson. Um, Find something that you love about your partner and tell them because it's the little things that keep people going. Every life has a purpose. And then obedience is better than the sacrifice. And so on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace.